0: Well, it's interesting because uh, we have had a very packed, packed week. And I knew that this was coming out this week. Of course, last night, Peter and Lindsay, our youth leaders, got married. And that was awesome, awesome time. And uh, they're, they're going to be heading out later this week on their honeymoon. We will not see them for a couple of weeks. But we're very excited for them. Very excited to have them back. And so, so that was um, uh, uh, doing that ceremony was the first time I'd ever done that. I knew that was coming up, and and of course it happened to fall on the same week that I was having my ordination. And and so this week I knew coming up to it that it was going to be a jam packed week. And so I began to pray a long time ago. Um, weeks and weeks ago, Lord, I need your sustenance during that week. I need, I need you to either prepare something ahead of time for me for that Sunday or carry me through it, whichever you want to do. And, and knowing Him and how He works with me, it should not have surprised me that He would not do it ahead of time. <laughs> now, I don't know if that's partly my procrastination or the way I believe it's more the way he works in me. He likes to put me on an edge where I am not in control of my own uh, plans. And that that's, I don't know about you, that's how he works with me. And he just wants me to yield to him. So I, I knew going into this week, Lord, you've not given me anything yet that I am supposed to, to share and supposed to preach on, and I'm heading now to this conference, so God, I'm, I'm just going to trust you for whatever it is you have for these beautiful people, and so we go to the conference, and it was such an amazing, amazing experience, and one thing the Lord, Holy Spirit, just laid on my heart even just now as we were worshiping and as Brooke was praying is that I'm supposed to be your eyes. For right now. Because see, I know that you've not experienced what Alexis and I have experienced. Even this last week, what we went up and experienced at Life Center Church during this conference and the ordination. We got to see our future. We got to see what the Holy Spirit has for us in working through us. So see, we have a responsibility to be your eyes right now. To give you the vision of what that looked like, of what God wants to do in this church, wants to do with each one of us, each one of you, and that 's our job this morning, so again, going back to it, everything seemed to happen last weekend. I got so sick and and I knew that was the enemy, and I go to the doctor you know on on monday and and i 'm thinking. Man, I can't be sick for my ordination. He's not going to want to lay hands on me. (laughs) That's not going to be good. So so I'm praying, Lord, please take this away. I go to the doctor. The doctor says, well, no, I I don't think it's anything serious. I think you just have allergies. And take this allergy medicine. And here's $45 worth of allergy medicine. And and I said, you know what? I, I have a conference coming up. Just in case it's something worse, can you give me something more? She said, well, okay, I'll give you, I'll give you this antibiotic packet, but don't take it. Don't take it because I know you're going to get better with this other stuff. So later that night, I'm, I'm taking all this allergy stuff and, and I'm not sure I was supposed to take it all together, but I did (laughs) because I really needed this to act fast. And, and of course I can't sleep and I, you know, I am just, just miserable. And, and so about three o'clock in the morning, (laughs) I'm awake. And I just hear this voice inside of me that says, take the antibiotic. I took the antibiotics and I started to feel better the next day. And so the Lord gave me that to get far enough along to get into this conference and get going through that. So, So again, all this going on, I didn't know what I was supposed to preach about this morning. And and just so you know, I'm I'm not lengthening this out so the Lord will give me something. <laughs> he gave me something. I just want to tell you this story because see, the same it works in me is how it works in you. We can trust Him to do it whenever He wants. He's going to do it. He's going to do what He calls you to do. He's going to do that perfect work in you. You have to trust that even if it's the 11th hour. I went to the wedding yesterday still not knowing at all what I was going to preach on, not having any clue. But when we were at the conference, one of the things that that the Lord confirmed, in the ordination, the pastor, one of the pastors, prayed that we would know what to speak on. That was a confirmation to me. Then I didn't worry about it anymore. Okay, Lord, somehow, some way, even if it's, by the time I step up into this pulpit, you'll give me what you want me to say. Well, I was at the reception last night, and I got to meet a lot of people I had never met before. And this one lady comes up to me, and I had never met her before. And she, first first thing words out of her mouth is, I have a sermon for you. <laughs> well... My ears perk up, right? And I'm thinking, okay, Lord, that's pretty cool. Man, that's, you couldn't get more obvious than that, right? And she gives me a verse, and I, and I read this verse, and, and she wasn't thinking a sermon for me to preach. She was, she, I don't even know if she knew she said those words. Because she starts to tell me about her mother that just passed away just a few weeks ago and how she was so close to her mother and the day she passed away and, and her mother knew the Lord and, and, and it was her time, but the day she passed away she had her Bible opened and her devotional opened to a specific verse. And it was for this lady. And and when I read you the verse, you'll understand what I'm talking about. It was for the comfort of that family to know that was her time and she's in a better place. So I read this and I talk to the lady and we pray together. and And it was a great time. And I walk away thinking, well, you said that was my sermon, Lord, but I'm not sure why you want me to preach on that. And maybe I'm misreading what he's saying. Okay, let's just read. These two verses, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Turn to John chapter 14, and we're going to read verses 1 and 2. And this is what she read to me in this devotional. John 14, 1 and 2. Let your hearts, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told I would, would I have told you that I'd go to prepare a place for you? Okay, so that's what she gave me. And I walk away from that conversation thinking, you know, that, that is such a message of hope for an afterlife. You know, that's what our confidence is in, is not in this life. It's not in this life. It's in a life to come. It's in a life with Jesus Christ. But what I couldn't get past is, Lord, what's that got to do with us Sunday? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's awesome to have hope for a future and hope in, in that time to come with Jesus Christ. And, and so then I started thinking, well, maybe this isn't what he wanted me to preach on. And so I stopped thinking about it. I'm driving home and he put it in my, my mind again. Those words, I have a sermon for you. And and it was and I thought, okay, Lord, you're trying to tell me something. So I need you to tell me what that means. And so when I got home, I began to read through it. And read through the whole chapter of John 14. And I realized that that is one application. And honestly, that's the application that most people preach on, that most people understand. But God gave me such a different understanding of this entire chapter. Let's read through this again, okay? And then let's go through it with a little bit different thought process. How does it apply to us today? Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. He's saying if you trust God, trust me. Now let me set this up a second. This is Jesus Christ talking to his disciples. This is almost at the end of the three years. Okay, he has had his disciples now training them, living with them, walking with them, being persecuted with them for three years now. Jesus Christ is about to go to the cross. Well, this is before all that happened, before the, the trial, before they're going into Jerusalem. All this is just days away. So Christ knows what's coming. And he's trying to tell his disciples, knowing what they're going to be doing in their life, knowing what they would face in their calling, he is trying to give them some vision of comfort in this chapter. It wasn't to tell them, just hang on for the next 40, 50 years, and you're going to be with me, and it would be all great then. See, that, that, would be, that would be pretty misleading for him. That wouldn't be right in all the preparation that he's given to his disciples. It wouldn't be right to prepare them for the next few days, weeks, months, years. And so that's what Christ began to do. He said, if you believe in the Father, if you trust the Father with everything that he does, trust also in me. Trust also in Jesus Christ, the Messiah, Verse 2, in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? He said, I'm going to be leaving. And I go to prepare a place that one day you'll be. But I go to do so much more than that. As he goes on through this chapter, he begins to reveal that he goes to prepare our place Here on earth. See, there is nothing that we do in life that he does not prepare the way for. If we trust him, if we hear him, if we are attentive to his leading, there's nothing that he does not prepare us for. Just as the disciples here, the disciples had no idea. They had no idea what they were in for. Certainly in the next few weeks, But more than that, the next few months and years, acts hadn't happened yet, right? Jesus hadn't died yet, hadn't risen from the grave yet, wasn't sitting at the right hand of the Father yet. Jesus was with them. But he's trying to tell them, look, I am going to prepare for you, not only up there, but for what you're going to go through here. And when he started to reveal this to me throughout this chapter, it made me realize that God takes us places that sometimes we don't understand. Right? I mean, we don't understand sometimes why he might start a new church and we're sitting in a living room. Right? We may not understand why relationships become temporarily broken. We may not understand why the resources that we at one time have, we don't have anymore. But what you have to know is that he goes to prepare something better. And that better is to do the very ministry, to live the very life that he calls us to live. See, when we go to be with him in heaven... All this trial period, all this period of our sanctification is over. So what he talks about as we continue to read further down in the chapter, is not just about when we're with him in heaven. It is truly about what's going on right here, right now. Jesus Christ is preparing for us right now. And and let's... Let's just read it further down. First of all, Jesus said, because as we go down through verse 5, and I'm not going to read all these, but um, <clears throat> Thomas came in and said, but Lord, how do, how do we know the way where you're going? Jesus said in verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Why? Because we see him through Jesus Christ. And he says down in verse 12, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. Okay, now there's a shift. Now remember, he he was talking about in verse 1, I go to prepare a place for you. I go to heaven. I go to be with my Father, sit at the right hand of my Father, and I'm going to prepare this place for you. Okay, but now there's a shift that that helps us to understand more of what he's talking about. This shift is in verse 12. Again, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Do you understand what he's saying there? He's saying that he is an advocate for us in the ear of the Father. You ever think about that? See, that holds so many promises to it. If we know the Father, we know Jesus Christ. If we know Jesus Christ, we know the Father. Why? Because the two are one. He said that we can ask of him, and ask of the Father, and he'll grant that. Let's look at the next verse, verse 13. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Remember what he's talking about. He's talking to the disciples here. He is about to send them out on their own. They don't even know it yet, but... The whole thing he's been telling them about this, this death, burial, and resurrection was about to happen. And they're, they're a little bit oblivious to that. But he's trying to tell them, look, I'm going to go to my father. You have a resource before the very God of this universe. You have a resource to go and to ask anything in my name. So look at your own life. When you are following Jesus Christ and you want his perfect will in your life, that is the only criteria to begin praying for him to accomplish his will. You know, it's just us yielding our will. And and that sounds simple. I know it's actually tough. But it's also simple because it's just the one thing. If we yield our will to his, and we ask in his name according to his will, he'll do most things we ask? No, it's not what it says. It says, I'll do everything. I'll do everything. So see, we have to just get our minds like the minds of Christ. We have to get our minds focused on the same things that Christ focuses on. When you are tracking with the Lord Jesus Christ in your life, you can ask him anything that's why it's ridiculous for us to think that we can be in a building right I mean think about it especially the building that the Lord told us we're going to be in this is not a small building okay this but for those of you who don't know and and i I wanted to say this this morning to get it on tape because even for those on the internet that that when you see this happen, it's going to be a testimony to you. But the building that the Lord has given us doesn't make sense. It's, I don't know exactly how big, but I think it's pretty close to 200,000 square feet. Doesn't make sense. It's huge. It is right smack dab in the middle, in the heart of the harvest field that he has called us to harvest. Within a half a mile walking distance of this building are over 20,000 people, mostly lower income. And that doesn't even count within a mile U of D, which is another 16,000 students. Okay, this building doesn't make sense, but God told us that this was the building for us. So we can now, having the intent and the direction and the design of Jesus Christ in our hearts being in tune and in line with him, we can ask him for this. And he promised to give it. And he gives us confirmations of these things when we do it. And I say that for two reasons. Because soon enough you'll see that we'll we'll be in there. You are as much of a part of that as Alexis and I are. It's not up to Alexis and I just to be the ones praying for this building. Praying for this building that will unleash a blessing upon thousands of people. People that don't know Christ. I, I go over and I drive these neighborhoods And I just look into the faces of these people. I look into the faces of these kids at the playground. And I just see this, I don't know if the Lord puts it on them or or what, but I see this yearning in their face to know Jesus Christ. And they don't know him. They know trouble. They know poverty. They know fighting. They know broken homes. They know difficulty. All those things stare them in the face every day. What they don't know is Jesus Christ who could change everything. Change absolutely everything in their lives. It was very much the same feeling when I went down to Mexico for the first time and went to the Chichimeca Indians and and they had literally nothing. But yet, one thing in their lives can change everything and that's Jesus Christ. Now, what doesn't make sense is, that's Newark, you know. There, there's tons of churches all over the place. Why can't they reach into these neighborhoods? I don't know. I know in this neighborhood, there are only three churches. In this whole area, there are only three churches that I could find. One of them's Korean church, so that, that has to be set aside a little bit, unless you speak Korean. And the other two are quite small. Both under a hundred. This is a harvest field that God's given us. Do you understand that? We've been called to this place. We were called to this place long before we ever knew it. We were called because Jesus Christ needs to get an arm into those communities. And we're supposed to be the arm. So that gives us power to ask him whatever we want whatever we want to further that cause. Lord, we need a building right there in the middle of it to further your cause for these people to come to know Jesus Christ and to be saved. So he says what? Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. You know, Alex and I had an opportunity this week to go up to Life Center Church. I've been working with with Charles. Uh, Charles Stock is the lead pastor there. This is an amazing church. And it was the Holy Spirit who introduced me to him. I didn't know who he was. I didn't even know that it was a big church or anything else. Just a, a person had told me about him who he knew 20 years ago. In California, he said, "Yeah, I think this guy's on the East Coast now. I think he's in Pennsylvania. I'm sure if you reach out to him, he'll talk to you." Well, I did, and he was willing to meet me. And I drove up, and this was back right about a year ago. It was last November or December, one of those two. But I went up there and I reached out to him, and and this this pastor took me and took us in without knowing us. He and I started meeting together, got to know one another. He saw my heart. I'm sure the Holy Spirit led him in different ways. And then some 10 months later, we found ourselves here where we're now going to that church to be ordained and be sent by that ministry. Well, when we went up there, we we Alex and I, this was the first time she had seen Life Center Church. And and after I close, she'll come up and do announcements, but I, I want you to share your, your part of it as well, your impression as well. But it was like a picture of what we will have in the future. And I'm not talking about facility. I mean, I, I believe we'll have that as well. That's not what hits you when you go to that church. When you walk in, it is, I can't even fully describe it, except that it's a permeation of the Holy Spirit. People have smiles on their faces. You know, people are joyful. You walk in, there's a cafe to the right, and, and in the case when we went there the first day, a mile long line. <laughs> everybody was joyful. Nobody knew each other. But it didn't matter because they were family in Christ. Because of that, they knew each other. And and we're just walking into this place knowing that this is what God's going to do with Ignition. Why? Because he wants to. He wants us to have fellowship. He wants us to reach out to communities. He wants us to bring people into the loving arms of Christ. He wants that. And when we pray according to things he wants, he does them. He'll do that in your own life. Wherever you're at in your own life right now, whatever you feel God calling you or leading you next to do, whether it be school, whether it be work, new relationships, whatever it is, He's building a plan for you. He's creating facility for you already before you've taken that step. See, he put all these things in place before Alex and I had any idea he was going to call us into this type of ministry. God already knew. God already had those things working. This building that we're going to be in, it's been empty for years and years. See, God plans ahead, even though we don't. God knows what he's doing way ahead, even though we don't. And he directs our paths according to his will. For what? For our joy. Because as long as we're to be here on this earth, he gives us joy when we have purpose. He gives us joy in serving him. Now let's continue on just in John 14. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Okay, now it changed again. Remember what he's telling the disciples here is, I'm about to leave you. I know I've been with you night and day now for three years. I've trained you, I've loved you, I've given you everything. Everything. I'm about to give you my life on the cross. And now, when I leave, I'm going to give you the very power that you're going to need to accomplish everything that I want to accomplish through you. And he gives this Holy Spirit, this comforter, this activator of what he wants to do through us this gifting that he gives us. Remember, we are the members of the body. We are the arms, the legs, the hands, the feet of Jesus Christ. The Comforter is who he sends to work through us to accomplish all those things. So what's he say then? Verse 17, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. You know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. That's significant. He doesn't just say that you'll know the Holy Spirit because He'll be there when you need Him. No, He dwells in you. You know, when you ask Jesus Christ into your heart, the Holy Spirit came as a seal upon your heart. He sealed you until your inheritance, until we have heaven as our home. We're sealed. He lives in us. He doesn't just come around when we need him. He lives in us. He dwells in us. But it doesn't stop there, right? It says, dwells with you. See, the Holy Spirit also comes beside us. And it doesn't say it here, but there is a third thing that the Holy Spirit does there are times where the Holy Spirit falls upon us. That's a little bit different, and we'd get way rabbit trailed if we go into that. But I want you to understand that He is with us. He comes beside us. He's in us. He is our guarantee, is our comfort. But He also comes beside us like an army doing the very things that we need to do. See, this building owner, we don't know why, I don't know if he doesn't like churches. I mean, I do know that the enemy is working hard through him to not give us this building. But see, it doesn't matter. Because he does not dictate the future for what God wants to do. So God sends the Holy Spirit to be right beside us, to war with us, to make reality what God wants. In this world. See, God wants to evangelize those neighborhoods. Out of 20,000 people, do you think that there's a few in there that need God? (laughs) Yeah. First of all, there's 20,000 that need God. Do you think that there's a few that are broken, that are lost, that don't know the next step, that maybe think this world is not worth living? Maybe it's better on the other side. See, God wants to reach these people. We are his arms, his hands, his legs, his feet to do that. So we have this ability to ask God for what we need for that area. And then he sends the Holy Spirit, who is already inside us, to come along beside us. I don't know about you, but I don't think the enemy can stand up against that. In fact, I know he can't. He cannot, he, he may, be, may be able to stop me. He may be able to stop Alexis, stop all of us. But not with the Holy Spirit right next to us. He can't. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's sent to do those very things. To accomplish what he said in the previous verse, that whatever you ask in my name, I will do. I'll do it because I'm going to send God himself through the Holy Spirit to be beside you to wage those wars with you. That doesn't just apply to a church. That doesn't just apply to a building. That applies to our lives individually. Where we're at in our own walk with Jesus Christ applies the very same way. What enemies are you fighting Depression, anger, feeling lonely, feeling confused, feeling something at work, difficulty at work, difficulty in relationships. Whatever it is, that's a battle that when we pray, He sends the Holy Spirit beside us. He sends the Holy Spirit beside us to war with us. We don't have to go into war into battle by ourselves, we can go with the very hand of God. That's important. That's important to understand in our life because we don't wage this war by ourselves. When he calls you to be separated from the world, he doesn't then just say, good luck, (laughs) good luck until you're with me. No, he says, I want to battle with you. So whatever you're going through today, whatever you're going through this morning, you have an advocate in Jesus Christ sitting at the right hand of the Father. And all you have to do is pray, Lord, I want your will. I want your will in this relationship. I need your help. And then Jesus Christ receives that prayer. He whispers in his Father's ear because he has direct access. He's right there. And he says, send the Holy Spirit. Send them down. Fight for them right now. Fight for them. Because they can't fight for themselves. They need the very God that they trusted in. And he does that. He can do that for you this morning. In whatever you're going through. I claim that he is doing that for this building which is the next major step in Ignition Church. Wow, going back to this picture, if you could see what we saw. If you could see the, I think of tentacles, right? I think of tentacles that reach out into all different parts, all neighborhoods, all different parts and walks of life, just showing Christ. These tentacles reaching out to them. And Life Center Church that's been there 27 years had the exact same start that we did. See, that's something I didn't know until we were talking afterwards, the very last day, this was after my ordination, we were talking with Ann, Charles' wife. And we were, she was asking us about our story and what was going on, how we were called into ministry and everything else. And she's just like, whoa, She's blown away because it was a mirror image of what they went through 20-some years ago. Just amazing the similarities. And she said herself, we had already been noticing this, but she said herself, which was a confirmation from the Holy Spirit, she said, this is you guys in the future. Okay, this is... This is a ministry, Life Center is a ministry that has tentacles all over the world. It's not just something local to Harrisburg. They've launched hundreds and hundreds of global ministries all over the world. And they did this just out of obedience to the Holy Spirit. Obedience to Jesus Christ. Who they said? I mean, they're from California. They didn't even want to be here. (laughs) If you've ever been to California, you're going to understand that, right? They lived in the northern section of California, one of the most beautiful areas in the world, just gorgeous. And then they found them and say, "I will say, we've one upped them." Okay, I'm from Colorado, and God brings me to Delaware, right, where there's like no mountains. Know anything. At least they're in Harrisburg and they have hills. So I, I'm going to give them that. We've one upped them on that one. But what he did through them is unbelievable. What he wants to do through us is the same. He's given us vision, he's confirmed this vision. I've told you many, many times that God has called us to build a church in Newark. But we will have tentacles all over the world. In April, I go to Nigeria because he has called us, even as this tiny little church, he has called us to begin building a work in Nigeria. Now, Nigeria, we kind of hit the ball running or hit the ground running there a little bit because there are already 10,000 plus people waiting for us, begging us to come. See, when there's a calling, it's because of a need. And when there's a calling, there's a provision. When God calls you in your life, he will provide. He will not only provide ministry for that calling, like he will provide for us a harvest field of those people, but he will provide a means to reach them. He will provide a home for them to come to that they can feel safe at, that they can worship in. He will provide everything that we need. We have to believe that. We have to trust that. But you know what? He wants to do that same thing for you. Individually. He's called each one of you to a ministry. doesn't matter if you're in in. Full time ministry or if you're if you have a career or anything else. Ministry's life. Ministry is wherever your mouth is. Ministry is wherever you share life with people. He's called each one of us to ministry. And so he's going to give you everything you need to do it with if you trust him. See, Jesus didn't say, looking back, remember the verse we read. He didn't say, look here, you're going to go do this stuff, and, and don't worry, I will just take your feet, like I'll have hands on each foot, and I'm just going to do this for you. And I'm going to walk you myself. And I'll provide what you need. and I'll do He didn't say that, did he? He said, ask. Ask whatever you need according to my will. I'll do it. So what do you need in your own life? What do you need in your own life to accomplish the vision that God has given you? To do what you know he wants you to do. I don't know about you, that gets me excited. That gets me excited. The God of this universe wants to work through you. He wants to work through me. And he wants to send his Holy Spirit to to come down beside me, take my hand, and just charge. (laughs) That gives me goosebumps. It'll blow you away the second you trust Him to do that work in you. It'll blow you away what He starts to do. I've been saved for almost 42 years, and it hasn't been until about the last five that God just has blown me away. Not that He couldn't blow me away before that. I just never let Him. I never understood what He wanted to do with me. Not what He wants to do for me. What He wants to do with me. He wants to partner with you in your life. He wants to partner with you and help you go places you can never go on your own. Ever. So you got to trust Him in that. Just trust Him in that. Now the Holy Spirit has so much purpose. And I want to encourage you, we're not going to go through it because we're out of time, but I want to encourage you when you get home, sometime today, read all of chapter 14. Because it's going to open your eyes to a very different scene. It's not just what he's preparing for us up in heaven, it's what he's preparing for us right here, right now. That next step. See, I know we're going to get an email or we're going to get a call. We've reconsidered the building, and we'd like for you to come in. I'm just waiting. See, because the Holy Spirit's beside me, and he's the one fighting. He's the one doing the work. And I say this because when it happens, you're going to know it's God. And I do want to read one more verse. Verse 29. And now I have told you before it takes place. Why? so that when it does take place, you will believe. So I say this this morning as a testimony to Jesus Christ and what I know he is doing through us and he will do through this church before it's happened. In fact, it's already been that we've been denied. That no, they they don't want anybody in that place. God has a different plan. The enemy has no strength over the Lord. The enemy is simply a counterfeit. Don't believe his counterfeit lies. That building is ours. We will be there. And just as Jesus Christ said, I said it so when it happens you'll believe it, I did that this morning. Because when we're in there, it's going to be a testimony to every one of us that to your life he wants to do the same thing individually in each one of us so what is it that you need to go before the Lord and ask him for according to his will to continue on the path that he wants you to be on you need the Holy Spirit beside you so what do you need to ask him Sometimes we just need to get in tune with him. You can't do that without intimacy. You can't do that without the secret place. You can't do that without knowing who he is in his word. So I want to encourage you this morning go after him. Go after him in intimacy. Man, he's just waiting. He's just waiting to bless. He's waiting to send the Holy Spirit to come down and fight with you to accomplish what he wants you to accomplish. Let's bow our heads in prayer.